You want to count down for the woohoo? Yeah, go ahead. Five, four, three, two, one. I'm gonna need someone to help me. I'm gonna need somebody's hand. I'm gonna need someone to hold me down. I'm gonna need someone to care. I'm gonna rise and shake my body. I'll start cooling out my hair. I'm gonna cover myself with the ashes of you And nobody's gonna give a damn Son of a bitch Give me a drink See, now you got me thinking about, like, Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, Thanksgiving. I'm about to have my third annual last ever Thanksgiving dinner at my dad's house. Third. Third annual ever. Last dinner last ever. ever. <laughs> they thought they were going to sell their house and be retired to Florida two Thanksgivings ago. <laughs> and then, last, and then last, So then they, they didn't sell the house yet. So then last Thanksgiving, they're like, all right. This is the second annual, and now they still haven't sold the house, so it's third annual. Yeah, that's up. awesome. Nice. That yeah. is fantastic. Um, hello, everybody. This is, you can obviously tell by how um, ratchet we're starting off, that this is 11 o'clock comics uh, minus a, uh, a leg. We are um, episode 393, trying to do the best we can. We uh, found out kind of, sort of. Last minute, I mean, Duke was like, oh, yeah, by the way, guys. And uh, so we are without Vince B. We're, we're, we're trying to at least bring in some um, some paisan to it. So we'll, 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 we'll see if that works out. But I am David A. Price. Yes, you are. And I'm Dynamut. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are not. I know Mutt. Uh, you wish I wasn't. I, because then I, I could be Blue Falcon. You are 
Mr. Jason Wood, everybody. And, as I hinted, we do have uh, someone else on this episode, uh, all the way from Wheeling. Yep, yep. He's been on the show before, he... he, uh, He's usually a good time, so we'll see if you know he he, he keeps that streak going with, with with two this time. And uh, well, it's it's Mr. Mario. Mr. Hello, Star. everyone. Thanks for having me. Here I am. <laughs> it's Mario. <laughs> it is Mario. Yes. We won't get into that whole story, but um, welcome, Mario. Thanks for joining us. Hey, no problem. What's up, gentlemen? The man of a thousand podcasts. No. No. <laughs> no, just 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 dead that right there. Just, no. <laughs> That's not, not. People are in for a special treat as we were just talking offline. This is a uh, Team Heroes Con 2015 reunited. Yes, that we was get a it right. fun weekend. That's right. We couldn't have Mario on when Vince was on because Vince doesn't like to hang out with Mario clearly because he, he never he does heroes. He does. That's he, true. No. Yeah. No, you're right. No, he thinks I'm a contrarian. <laughs> Because you're always throwing your religion around. Oh, yeah, go ahead. If you want to go against the grain and actually save money on something that's worth your while, you need to go to our sponsor. Nice. Discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. And by the way, they have two sister sites that we rarely mention and should. Instocktrades.com, which I placed an order with yesterday. Nice. And talesofwonder.com. That is correct. Yeah, people forget that they own Tales of Wonder. Now, they own all the comic sites, I think, pretty much. Yeah. Um, they are, they are, if not the largest, they're close to being the largest comic retailer in the, in the U.S., I'm pretty sure. And if they're, if they, they got to be real close. If they're not already, I know who supposedly number one is, but I think they're right on their heels. And it's with good reason, because as we've told you now for eight straight years, every week, um, we are not only... Uh, uh, they are not only advertisers, but we are clients. I have been a member of DCBS for nine, ten years now. And uh, as Vince likes to say, it's where you go to get the Wumba discounts. Indeed. Uh, they, at, they Their discounts start at 40% off for Marvel and DC, 35% off for pretty much anything else in previews, save for a couple of specialty items here or there. And that's really where the discounts begin, but they go much larger and... Um, Normally, when we do the first episode of the month, we don't yet have the uh, updated previews spreadsheet for the month, but, uh, but uh, Christina and Cam are on the ball this month, so we actually do have the spreadsheet as of today. Oh, it's updated? It's updated. Excellent. I'm yeah, go- so- All right, I'll see you guys later. I'm going to go check yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> So the discounts are plentiful. Um, you've got the first issue of the sequel to the smash hit Kickstarter leaving Megalopolis. And this one is surviving Megalopolis. Uh, number one, uh, by Gil Simone and Jim Calafiore, uh, three your price, a dollar 99. If you are a Marvel nut and you just want to dive into all of the post secret wars relaunch titles, you can get a bundle, which includes every comic, of the month for Marvel, 62 comics, in fact, for a whopping total of $125.38, which, for you mathletes at home, is 50% off all 62 comics. If you're a Star Wars fan, you've got the brand new Obi-Wan and Anakin miniseries, 50% off 
you're seeing a trend here. Um, it's uh, it, in fact, it looks as I look through the list, it looks like all Marvel uh, trades and hardcovers, as well as DC, are fifty percent off this month. So you really can't go wrong. Pretty much anything that you want to be trying out, you're going to save a ton of money on. There is a new Lone Wolf and Cub series coming out called Lone Wolf Twenty One Hundred, which uh, is set in the future, as you might guess. That could be interesting. Um, but in any event, uh, if you want to save serious money, and let's be honest, comics are only getting more expensive with each passing month. That's I was true. I was looking at a few this week. I was reading, and uh, I happened to notice their cover prices were four ninety nine and five ninety nine, respectively, which is pretty crazy. So do yourself a favor, stay sane. Go visit dcbservice.com and you can get your comics for the cheap. And another thing, again, as a longtime customer, the, the, the money savings is awesome, but I think of equal import is the customer service because I, I've gotten my comics weekly for five, six years now, and I honestly cannot think of, an, of a shipment that I either A, was missing anything, or B, had anything that was damaged or uh, needed to be returned. Like these guys are just, they handle their business. It's, it's just wonderful. I do. And uh, so you should, if you're not already a member and you're new to our show, do yourselves a favor and give it a try. And uh, if you, if you are a first timer, make sure you tell the uh, wonderful people there that you came from our way, because uh, that's a little quid pro quo. It helps us and it lets them know that uh, those hard earned dollars that they give us each week uh, are worth it. So there you go. Give it a whirl. The, uh, the variant or cover B of I Hate Fairyland. And I forgot to uh, respond to, to Mario's question earlier today, but um, that that arrived yesterday. And, nice. Uh, yeah, Renee was giddy. She she was absolutely beside herself checking out the cover, and, and she'll, she'll be reading it soon. But um, so that will be, uh, if I ever f- messed with the pull list, then, you know, that would be on there. But I'll, I'm, that's ordered every month as, as well as a few other things so it's um and as i do forget things when i get because i i tend to kind of wait the last minute to place my order and then i realize that there are other things that i had forgotten and uh and and a quick note to uh to the folks over there um usually christina but the people over there are very very responsive very quick and uh, have always left me very happy so i uh yeah, now even if, because for a very long time I was not ordering paper books, I, I kind of still don't. No paper it's, rule. It's, it's right. So, um, if anybody still needed to know where they could get their books, DCB service was always where I would send them. And the, um, and you mentioned in stock trains, you mentioned tales of wonder, but I appreciate the uh, the connection they have to portal that they have to Comixology because any mm-hmm. Comixology purchases you make through the DCB service digital site, you get 5% credit towards a purchase at DCB service. So anything, any digital books you buy through them, you can then have, take that discount. And then when you buy that collection of, of, Dark Knight Three or whatever, <laughs> uh, you can uh, you could take the the credit you've acquired through the uh, through the digital purchases. So it's it really it's all complete. They they take care of all your needs, whether it's it's paper or digital or it. And the store, I, I cannot wait to get to the store. I, I would really love to step foot in that store one day. Same here. 
And well said. Oh. So, uh, the guests can go first. What are you drinking, Mario? Oh, I am drinking. Um, I was at work a little late tonight, and then I had this annoying thing that I had to go to after work. That's not, and... this, not this podcast or something. No, else. no, no. You're no, no, talking about church. Yeah, yeah, oh, no, no, no. Shit, I ain't been in church in years. No, um, I so I'm I am in, I am sitting back and enjoying a a little bourbon. I am sipping on some uh, bottle I bought last year. It is uh, Four Roses 2014 Limited Edition Single Barrel. Um, they release a, a, a limited edition every year. Um, and I was fortunate enough that uh, I went to my liquor store and last year and. My liquor guy was like, "Oh, I just got six bottles of something really good in. Come to the back." Oh, snap. Yeah, so you know, got a good relationship with your your, your liquor oh, guy. Real. He'll uh, he'll hook you up with uh, with the limited edition shit that you know doesn't even make it to the shelf. So I'm sipping on some of that. I've been I've been uh, keeping it, trying not to drink too much of it because I don't I want it to last forever because it's really really yeah. fucking good. It's 120 proof. It's a little hot, but it's good. But it's good. Put an ice cube in there. It's nice. I like it. Hmm. What How you about drink? you, Jason? Yeah, we got what? it. I mean, you said you made this hard. A hard. It's, it's hard to top that. See, should have had you go last. <laughs> Are you? Um. Well, it's been. It's you know. It's been. It's been a long couple of weeks at, at the work. It's my busy time of year, and uh, the equity markets have been uh, volatile. So. Uh, I need to relax too, which is why uh, nothing for me says relaxation like some Canada Dry <laughs> sparkling seltzer water. Yes. So uh-huh. I'm drinking uh, lemon lime sparkling seltzer water, 12, 12 fluid ounces. But I have another. Watch me now, because I have another twenty four fluid ounces sitting here on open, ready to go. There we go. Yeah, got it in reserve. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I know it's been it it's been a um, tough couple weeks because. Fucking Facebook Messenger's pretty much been a ghost town. I, yeah, I say something yeah. in the morning and it's like echoed throughout the rest of the day. So, <laughs> um, I uh, we had um, story time. We had a we had a company over on Saturday, so I picked up a couple things that um, were new to us, and um, and because I had I finished off the uh, the last of the big ZD for dinner tonight, I figured well can't really go bourbon with this. So I am uh, drinking Red Elephant Single Vineyard Estate uh, Cabernet Sauvignon from Central Valley 2014 Reserve. It is pretty damn tasty. wasn't too pricey. It's it's a um, yeah. It's something that I never seen it before because we went into um, a different liquor store because we were just trying to do everything in a close area and and so went into this place. Don't go into too often. Saw this. Seemed uh, interesting enough, and actually, the bottle was wrapped in its own paper. I, they had to, you have to unwrap it when you bring it to the register, so they can scan the barcode. Worse, it's, it's the weirdest thing, but yeah. So, um, huh. but I'm enjoying it, and it's it's uh, yeah, I, I, I like it a lot. So there you go. That's awesome. What was it again? What elephant? Red elephant. Red elephant. I, I really like the little logo on the bottle. And Ooh. and it's uh, because I don't have any Maker's Mark in the house. Uh, it 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 reminds me, since Mario brought up the bourbon, uh, because the top of it isn't uh, is is uh, is waxed. So you actually have to bust through the wax to get to the cork. That's what she said. That's right, baby. <laughs> nice. Yes. I uh, I have a thank you. 
Cool. Um, a few weeks ago, I put out a cry of help for uh, a friend in the neighborhood. They have a daughter who is getting into comics. She also likes steampunk. And uh, while I own most of the comics, she was interested in a comic I do not own. And I asked our faithful listenership to help me secure the issues of Lady Mechanica uh, because uh, by Joe Benitez because actually uh, the first miniseries was a very low print run because I don't think it sold that well so it's actually hard to find I couldn't find it on all the usual back issue sites and uh, sure enough this this week a package arrived and uh, a humongous thanks to one of our listeners Mr. Drew Van Genderen out in Cali he sent not only did he send all the issues of Lady Mechanica which I can now pass on to this young lady but he included a, uh, a a little bonus, which were a bunch of magic cards, and I couldn't make heads or tails of them, but when I handed them off to my sons, they lost their minds with excitement, because apparently these are the unhinged and unglued cards, which apparently are um, real magic cards produced by the company that does Magic the Gathering, but they're kind of silly and crazy, like they're they're almost like like parodies, but they're legitimate and you can play them and use them in the, in the real game. So apparently they're relatively hard to find. And I don't know if he sent all of them, but he sent a ton of them. Um, certainly uh, uh, just a huge amount that, that my boys are just beside themselves with. So double thanks to, uh, to Mr. Uh, Van Genderen. Cause that was very, very cool of him. I appreciate it on both counts. Nice. Mm-hmm. Good peoples out there, man, our community is true. You know, Anyone else got any thank yous? I mean, Mario's going to thank us for having him on, of course. But of course. Yeah. I'd like to thank uh, Jesus Christ, son of God. <laughs> Jesus and Mary Jane. We just lost half our listeners. Yeah. But we've gained so many more. <laughs> just by, just by saying his name. it's. Uh, you want to start off with some comics or some TV talk? Dude, whatevs, man. You're the, you're the showrunner. No, no. I'm just the, I'm no. just the pretty face that here. That is true. Yeah, you're yeah. the talent as usual. Uh, well, I think it's weird. I, I know that Mario likes to talk shit about oh, yeah. a show, but I don't know if he's current. or He may know about it because his wife tells him about what's going on on it. But I don't so, know if Mario's uh, yeah, current yeah, about you, The Walking you, Dead. Yeah, what happens with The Walking Dead now is basically Jennifer watches it and I sit in the same room and read so I pick it up through, you know, secondary means. Through injection. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, so feel free to talk about Walking Dead. This is this was the what's his name episode. Um, the Morgan. Morgan episode. Yeah. Sure. Jason, you well, watch it? Yeah. So and and I I I missed out on last week's talk where uh, Vince and Depp went in on the the season. So I guess I should preface any comments about this week by saying that. Uh, when the show started a few seasons back, I was fairly, I was kind of feeling the haterade on that. Yeah, and uh, and I think what it was is it was just so so close to the source material that everything about it that was not true to the source material really bugged the shit out of me, and I couldn't get past it. And then I think by um, as the show has gone on and it become its own thing, where now quite a lot of the things that happen on the show have nothing to do with the book. Um, I've been able to enjoy it more for what it is. Um, but I don't know that I've ever fully thought it was as great as, as the 30 million viewers would seem to indicate. 
But I will say that um, whether, again, it's just passage of time or expectations ratcheting down to a suitable amount, I have found this season thus far easily to be my favorite season so far. I, I think it's been terrific from, from start to finish. So um, I'm, I'm loving what we've gotten so far. And I wish Vince was here because a little bit on Messenger this week we did discuss, and it seemed like uh, Vince was not feeling this Morgan episode, and I, I thought it was no. the best episode of the yeah. season, maybe. He, um, I I would agree with you um, that it is. I mean, and it's been, which is no short, it, 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 it's not meant to slight any of the three episodes prior to it because it's been, it's been really strong. I thought the, um, the season premiere with the parallel storytelling, I, I, I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, the second episode I thought was clever in the way that when the first episode ended, it was with the air horn and then 10 minutes into the second episode, you realize why the horn's going on. Yep. So it was kind of all happening at the same time, but just with the other crew back in Alexandria. Then the um, then the third episode with going back to the first with, with the crew splitting up, trying to get back home. And, and now this one was a flashback, but it ends because it, it ends with Morgan leaving the makeshift prison and in the background, he reacts to Rick yelling to open the gate. And when we end the third episode, Rick is being swarmed by a bunch of walkers surrounding an RV. So now we get to watch the fifth episode and figure out how to get from Rick in the RV to back to Alexandria. And I just think the the way it's... it's These four episodes have moved pretty damn quickly and i was worried that it was that when the season started that we were going to get basically daryl and abraham and sasha just putting along the road for like six episodes and then have to get back to just like we did with with terminus or the prison and i didn't want another half season of just really not any movement and Mm -hmm. and it that's not what this is it's all kind of happening Everything's happening all at the same time. It's it's like these these four episodes are pretty much over the course of like three hours so far. It's it's pretty crazy and and pretty well done. I agree. I, I think that uh, the 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 horde has been a great backdrop, but I love that just when that thing happened. I don't know if you guys spoiled it or not last week, but. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. So when 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 Glenn when Glenn happens, uh, I love that they just go away from that. Yes. For a whole, like yes. I think that's just I think that's very smart storytelling to make people wait. And, and it it didn't. I'm sure it didn't help anything or anyone by not having Steve Yoon's name in the credits during their during the open. Right. 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 So I think. I mean, I've, I'm I'm seeing a lot of like I saw a lot of people complain about this week's episode, but. Just you know, watching it passively, I thought it was I thought it was one of the best episodes I've seen in a while. Right. I mean, just like as an episode of television. Sure. Like people that are like looking for like you know Walking Dead like um, uh, story development and stuff like that. No, not necessarily. You know, it's a character piece. But it was that 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 guy that plays Morgan. I mean, it was he was very well played. Oh, Lenny James is fantastic. Lenny James. Yeah. 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 And uh, I think that I think 
I think part of the reason people were like talking crap crap on it is because there was no Glenn. You know, there's no they're going into it. Yeah, they're going into it like, okay, let's see what's going to happen about Glenn. Yep. And there's no and there's you know you don't see any of the fallout from that. And I, I before the episode aired before the weekend, I, I was telling the guys that I, I hope that it doesn't because we're going to get a flashback because it is longer than it, it it's a ninety it's scheduled to be a ninety minute episode. I was hoping. And it didn't, but I was hoping that it would not kill the momentum from the first three episodes. And then we'd have to get back. Because that's what they did right. last season when everything was everything was fantastic in the prison. And then they stop after like six solid weeks and give us a back-to-back episode on the governor. And I'm like, that just, that, that, that was the biggest mistake I found. Because there was, there was this great groove they were in. Only to hit this wall because we get to find out what the hell he was doing once once he left his uh, once he left his compound, which I joined the wood. Once he left Woodbury and he's and and he's just you know meandering about and he meets um, the sisters and and but that that just it was all for the reason to get to the season finale with with the attack on the prison and Herschel and everything like that. But it just. It, I wasn't feeling it, and this was the complete opposite of that. I, I had, no, and actually, I didn't. Um, it, it didn't click, and and because I read the story probably in elementary school, so I, I'm drawing a blank right now. But I saw on Facebook, I think it was actually Larry Stroman. He said that the uh, the Morgan episode was pretty much Robinson Crusoe, where. Here's the, 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 the intelligent man um, jailing the savage and then turning his spear into like a walking stick and, and, and basically bringing him back from the brink. And I don't remember a whole lot for Robinson Crusoe, so I'm not sure how apt the analog is, but um, it was still... And, 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 and to have that guy, um, Lynch, play Eastman who usually is just a schlub and and is the most annoying guy on the screen in anything he's in. I thought he was fantastic here. Yeah, I agree. I uh I loved I think everything about the episode was well done including the casting of Eastman because he wasn't some super rugged fit survivalist, right? Mm-hmm. He was just a dude. Just wanted to make his uh, cheese. Yeah, and you know what was uh, as a comic fan, I was watching that and I was wondering if if it probably has nothing to do with it, but man, did it strike me as an homage to Jeff Darrow. Oh, nice! I like that. But, you know, the dude's like the schlubby dude, mm-hmm. but yeah. but you know, he's got this he's got this 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 Zen quality to him, and you know, obviously Darrow always draws himself as the you know as his main character, and he's you know a martial arts badass. So I just thought, like, for for a little part of me was watching this episode thinking I was watching Jeff Darrow train Lenny James on how to survive in this zombie apocalypse, <laughs> and that pleased me to no end. Um, especially after Darrow, I think you know, on his last miniseries, that I think he he spent the whole miniseries essentially making fun of the Walking Dead comic culture, and so I just thought that would be funny if Kirkman turned the tables on Darrow and said, "Okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you into the story if you're gonna make fun of it." So, um, but Lenny James is incredible. I, I got to tell you, I uh, I really was bummed when when we first were introduced to him in the show and quickly realized that he wasn't going to be a regular. Um, yeah, I was bummed. So I'm glad that that at least he's around for, for a little while again because um, I've loved him in most things that I've seen him in. And um, I was a huge fan of Jericho, which admittedly was a, a pretty flawed That's show. Right. But, 
but uh but he was the best part of the show i think and uh so he's he's always yeah he's great i am and i'm with you david i think i think it would make sense for them this week to go right back to the story that they left us left and not take too many sidesteps because it has been well paced and um and also, you know, I was I was presupposing, as I guess many of the comic readers, that we were getting um, strong, strong hints leading us to, to that Rick's hand was going to get cut off. But um, the producers came out and said it's not going to happen. So, oh, okay. Well, although that could be a misdirect as well. It could. No, it could. But I mean, but the the one producer I read just said, I know everyone thinks that, but we're we were teasing him, but we're really, he's not going to lose his hand on the show. So. You know, so that's uh, it, it, which is fun. I mean, I think that again, the show is pretty different than uh, the uh, the book, and 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 I think one of the things that that another uh, another aspect of the show that has increased my my enjoyment of the show as we get further and further along is Carol. Um, yeah, she is just fucking like she's just mercenary, man. Like yeah. she's just like so cold blooded. It's incredible. I mean. You know, she puts on this facade where she's doing the baking and all this stuff. But man, like right under that is just a a willingness to literally do anything to survive her and her people. And and she she's willing to take it to a level that almost no one else is. If if not if not no one else, I don't know that there's anyone else that's really willing to do what she's willing to do. So I don't think so. I don't think yeah. Daryl would kill a kid. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. So the um, I didn't watch Jericho. I've I've been I was. Always interested about it, but I, I never watched that. But he, um, Lee James always kind of he stuck out to me. But he was um, he was really good in the, as the occasional guest appearance on the um, on the short lived because they fucked up the second season. Human Target with uh, John Paul Valley. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he, uh, he he basically was very much like um, Christopher Chance on the show. So it was it was. And and he was, he. They were equals, but tried to get the better, best of each other. It was it was he was great in that. Then there was the um, one reason why he probably didn't show up on The Walking Dead was um, there was that show that uh, Mark Strong was on that AMC had on last year that uh, about cops in Detroit, which wasn't horrible, but he he was a series regular on that. But I'm I'm I am glad that that got to die so that we could get some more Morgan on, uh, on the walking dead. But yeah, no, he is, he's, I believe he's English, but he is fantastic. And, uh, I'll, I'll, he, we usually, he could, if he leaves the walking dead and does a show on like, you know, CBS or something like that, he will get me to just check it out just cause he'll, he'll be on it. But, um, you know, I was, I was really happy with, with, with this episode. I know that, uh, they, they, they showed two trailers for upcoming shows, one was better than the other. One pretty much had nothing to do with the comic that it's supposed mm. to be based on. Uh, but that was um, Into the Badlands, which I'm going to check out just because it, it visually it looks really interesting. I hope Agreed. the story isn't uh, isn't jank. But I'm um, but as far as action goes and whatnot, I, th- that look and it, it seems to have a pretty decent pedigree as far as everybody who's involved in in. Um, and making it, but uh, the other was Preacher, the long-running Vertigo series. And uh, I read the first few trades. It's it's a series that I mean to go back to. It's not I, I didn't stop reading it for any reason, just that I didn't have the the, the collection. So um, 
I hope to finish it. Well, at this point, it doesn't really matter if I read it before the series comes out because it doesn't look like it's really going to. Although you, it was a two-minute and change trailer, and I don't know how much it showed. At least with the Supergirl trailer that came out a few months ago that like lasted six minutes, that was pretty much from the entire first, from the pilot the preacher, I don't know. The preacher trailer, I don't know if it's shots of various episodes for the season or if it's kind of just scenes from the pilot. But either way, how did you guys feel about what you saw? Uh, well, I mean, I I've read all of preacher. I love that. I love that Same book, here. and and, uh, and it doesn't look. I mean, it might be a good show, but it doesn't look like they're taken very much from the series at all um you know like is is uh it's it almost felt like it's almost like a uh hey uh you know job of the week kind of show we need you to kind of like constantine was Mm -hmm. like uh you know hey here's this problem uh we hear you're a pretty badass preacher can you help us out with this you know shit goes down maybe a demon shows up and that's the end of the episode that's what it feels like to me but i mean I i have no idea um, I just hope that they, I mean, pre the preacher series to me was it 70 issues. I think it was like, it was almost like a, it was a road trip the, enti- the entire time. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? With like, you know, with detours here and, and pitfalls and stuff, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like this is not going to be very much like the, the comic, which doesn't necessarily mean it won't, won't be good. You know, uh, Walking Dead's not like the comic, and it, you know it's it's decent. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I, <laughs> I I think we're probably the consensus from what I can gather of people that are familiar with Preacher of the Comic. It, 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 it the trailer didn't didn't win me over by any stretch. Um, I, it it felt like um, like fanfic to me. Yeah, like like people dressing up like those characters versus just becoming those characters. Um, and again, it's a two minute trailer. It's unfair. I mean, it's, it's, we're in a world where we prejudge everything. And I realize that, that, uh, sometimes we can seem hypocritical in that regard, but, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I didn't come away from those, those two minutes thinking, wow, I can't believe this is finally going to be on screen. I'm so excited. Um, but like with all these things, I'll definitely give it a try because of my love for the source material and hope that I'm pleasantly surprised. Do we know if, um, if, if the, if Jesse has in the show has the the, the Genesis God. the Genesis in him, oh, they can't take that out of it, can they? I mean, oh, that, I, I think that would be the first thing they would take out. Really? I really? mean, I, yeah. I mean, how do you have preacher and not that? That's the that's the essence of the of the series. I don't know. I think you just make like a. I think you would just make a badass preacher who just like gets involved in shit. You know what I mean? And who's damaged, and that could be the way that. Well, he doesn't because it, it was all in his head, or he's just he's, he's he's just unhinged, and that's why. Yeah, I don't know. I, I hope they don't. Me too. I mean, I, I I mean, I I just didn't get any sense of that at all in the trailer. Now that could I be agree. something they're keeping back, mm. but you know. And 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 Cassidy, I, I mean, oof, when <laughs> at the end when he, I mean, oh. Uh, that was rough. I thought that was rough. Yes. So, 
but look, it is again, it, it, it's it's a two minute trailer, and uh, one of my best friends in the world makes trailers for Hollywood. That's what he does for a living, and uh, I know from hearing war stories about him, a lot of times what we see is not is not uh, evocative. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse of what we're going to get, and a lot of times the studios force feed or mandate what we're going to see and and try to misdirect. So uh, you know, I, again, let's reserve judgment. But uh, but this was no. If 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 on a scale of one to ten, if the if that Star Wars trailer that I got to see on Monday Night Football last week uh, was a ten, this was decidedly on the other end of the spectrum. Okay. Yeah, I purposely avoided that trailer, so I don't. Uh, oh, the Star Wars one. Yeah, yeah, because the, my easy my, for you to avoid because it was on Monday Night Football. No, but I still would have. Yeah, well, it's very easy for me to turn the channel, but the um, it's why it, because it was. During Monday Night Football, the way I was looking at it was the um, that they already got us. You're, you're releasing episode seven. We're going to be there to see it. I felt that if you're showing a trailer during Monday Night Football where most of the country is going to be watching it, then this is the trailer for the people who aren't sold on it. The people who aren't definitely going to see it. So we're going to hey, remember Han Solo? Remember Princess Leia? We're going <laughs> to just show you this trailer to remind you of what was out before for people who aren't so keyed into the geek culture. And and therefore, they may show things that would be interesting to that type of person, but would give too much away for somebody like me who just wants to be surprised when I see it on the screen. Mm-hmm. So that's why I avoided it. But I, I have heard that it was a fantastic trailer, and, and, uh, and I think... Well, Vince said that there was something that he saw that if he if he thinks too much on it, then it may give something away, and he's kind of pissed that that he's aware of it now, and uh, which is why I didn't want to see it. But a couple of dudes at work saw it, and they um, they were all about it. And I'm pretty sure they were sold before, but they were just amped that a trailer was out that was showing more scenes from the movie. That's not happening for another six weeks or so. So it's working. Yeah, I, uh, it, I I won't get into it, but yes, I it was good. It was very, very good. Enticing. Nice. Okay. I bought tickets for opening night. Look at That's you awesome. on the ball. Mm-hmm. I didn't, because mm. I don't know if we'll be down south or if we'll be up here. But also, uh, on the drive to work Tuesday morning, after Renee found out that the trailer was on during football, she asked me if I if I bought my ticket singular. And I, I was like, hey, just just one ticket? She's like, I'm not going to see that in the theater. She's like, I'll watch it at home. But she's like, <laughs> Wait, she's like, there, she's like, there are many things I will tolerate. There are things you can take me to this movie theater to see. I, you know, I'm, dude, I'm still, I'm ahead of the curve. She saw The Winter Soldier with me. See, she saw Guardians of the Galaxy with me. She's, she's sure, seen sure. movies that I really didn't expect her to go out and see with me. And and uh, you know, so. I'm I'm absolutely fine with, with Star Wars really not being her thing, at least as far as being in the theater surrounded by people to see it. If, if she wants to see it at home, that that's absolutely fine. So, uh, But I don't know. And if we are down south, that is definitely something that my father would want to see. So I um, I have no problem waiting. So I, that, that's why I couldn't buy tickets because I don't know where the hell I'll be. Mm. It's fair. I mean, uh, I couldn't fathom... 
uh, not being there that first night. So it's going to happen. I know. I know. Well, plus you got three dudes that'll be there right with you. Yeah, we'll see. What? <laughs> we'll see about that. It's there just me. It's just me and the wife. That's all. See, you got to earn that. Shit. Well, yeah, you got to earn that. Shit. Well, all right, dude. If, if depending on how many tickets you have, if if I am up here and one of the boys is like f this mess and and before you disown him just give me a call i'll be on my way all right fair enough second viewing is for the kids <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i think exactly. that's like, cool yeah i want to have my moment first that's right Relate you, to you, myself. you want to you don't want the boys to sit there and be like why is daddy crying so much <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, that is true. Yeah, I'll I will get hit in the face. Well, it's gonna be hard. For, it's gonna be hard to hide my arousal. True. And so I don't want. That's embarrassing if my kids are sitting there with me. <laughs> that's why you gotta put the popcorn on the lap, dude. For sure. Uh, so you talk some comics. I was or? just gonna say. I mean, if if we're gonna talk comics, or if, I don't know. I, I know Mario's watched Supergirl. I don't know if Jason's caught up on it, but we can definitely talk comics. No, I haven't watched any of the Supergirl yet. Then let's talk comics. Jason, what you reading? Dude, I'm glad you asked. Me too. So I think we are nearing, we only have two months left of the year, which means it's time for people to start thinking about who they're going to vote for in the 11 o'clockers. And uh, we do have a handy-dandy Google form, so you can go on and vote anytime you'd like. The link is uh, on our Facebook page, on our forums. Uh, I'll tweet it out repeatedly. And rumor has it we're going to be doing something pretty cool where we're going to get the word out about the Ecloskers in a way we've never done before and uh, stay tuned for that maybe in about a month but it's going to be cool but anyway um, I think it, with two months left of the year there's someone that is big in the lead for me for artist of the year and uh, that is Mr. David Rabin um, I raved about him his, uh, his book Hero um, a few months back um, and now I have another reason to rave about him in sitting in my hands, the fall of the house of West, uh, which is, um, the second volume of the Aurora West part of Paul Pope's battling board series. It's uh, written by Paul Pope and JT Petty, um, art by the aforementioned Mr. Rubin. And, uh, it is just fantastic cartooning. Oh, I just love this stuff. I, I think Paul Pope is just doing it so right here. Um, in in this volume, we are we are essentially brought into more of of Aurora's relationship with her father Haggard, as well as her search for her mother's killer and the demons which she thinks have done it. Um, and it's a big mystery. And essentially, we do find out who is who killed her mom. And it is uh, it is heartbreaking and tragic. It's not what we think happened or what she thought happened. And um, it's it's this is one of those books where I, I don't. If you like comics, I don't see how you don't love this book. I mean, it's it's wonderfully it's wonderfully drawn. It's action packed. It's got it's got heart. I mean, it's 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 frightening at moments. It's uh, it's got a, a true hero antihero setup. It's it's just. I just think it's great fun. It's absolutely great fun, and the character design is awesome, and the uh, the demons and the monsters that are designed in the book are awesome. And it's just, I mean, there's these these. It's it's like uh, if the Grinch was. I mean, some of these demons look like if the Grinch was 
amped up by 20 times and made more evil. It's just, it's incredible. And, uh, um, it's an interesting choice too, because this book is black and white and it's digest sized. It's, it's, it's printed like, um, and we, I remember a lot of people talked about this when battling boy came out about right. what an odd choice it is. And then I agree. I would probably rather this be on a giant oversized color, uh, glossy print book, but, but I think they're making this choice on purpose to, to make it feel like it's a, a, a pulp serialized book and, uh, and it all works. I think the whole package works. This is my first second. Um, it's a nine ninety nine cover price. I think it's four ninety nine on DCB service. Probably the same one in stock, or at least it's probably six bucks on in stock right now. Um, but uh, it's it's just wonderful stuff. And I got to say, um, I didn't see I didn't see it coming. I didn't see what happened to Haggard's wife and Aurora's mom and how it went down coming. And um, and this is an ongoing thing. So we we're left. We 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 get a, we get a we get a conclusion to the story we've been presented here in the 120 or 150 pages. It's 155 pages, but on page 156, we have a, you know, a very classic to be continued where, you know, there's more coming. And, uh, I just, I love the shit out of this whole thing. I think battling boy was great. I think the rise of Aurora West was great. And I think that, uh, the fall of the house of West is, is, is right up there with the other two. So just going to keep banging them out, man. I, I we're going to get, I think two of these a year basically we're going to get we're going to get a battling boy and we're going to get an aurora west and uh jeff smith the, the man himself called it the adventure of the year so how can how can you go wrong nice i like have it. you guys read it not yet no i only read the first battling boy i haven't read the i've read either either of the second the, oh, these last two it. and what's funny is that um david rubin is off the hook the frankie the dildonator he uh hmm. Ashley sent me a message today asking if um, if I ever got around to reading the copy of Batman Boy he lent me many many moons ago and and I I told my I, I have started it a couple of times and mm-hmm. I just I haven't finished it yet so I mean if he wants it back then I'll have no problem but it, um, I just I'm it's I kind of well. The past few months, things have just gotten away from me anyway. There have always things, been things I've wanted to read or, or I thought that we would talk about on the show that just never happened. So mm-hmm. every time I pick it up, I'll read a little bit of it. But for whatever reason, if I'm just not in the right headspace, I'll put it down. And then something else just – I know Jason knows this for a fact. You put it down on the shelf and then the next books come in and it goes right on top of it. And That's then that sure. just keeps piling up. So, I mean, at a time I get, I, I could walk by a stack of books and if the spine is sticking out, then I'm like, oh shit, I know I need to get back to that. But for the most part, it's, it's out of sight, out of mind for me. And, and I have it, it's right here next to me. So I will, um, I will get back to Battling Boy so I can read that and then catch up and read the, uh, the rest of the stuff by, uh, Mr. Rubin. Nice. You have to, it's so freaking good. And it's a quick read. I mean, again, it's a digest. It's it's a paperback, small paperback book, 150 pages. So it's it doesn't take you know it's like reading a few comics. I read it all in one one bus ride. So that next hero should be coming out pretty soon too. Yeah, it looks like uh, yes. well, Amazon has it uh, at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So it should be in previews even before that. Absolutely. What you got, Mario? Hmm. What to talk about? Um, let's talk about this. 
I read a graphic novel that um, came out originally in uh, 1994. Whoa. That I did not know existed. Uh, you guys might have heard of it. Um, it is the the one the copy I have is a re-release from 2004, um, but it is called City of Glass. Oh, and it is uh, an adaptation of a short novel that was called City of Glass by an author named Paul Oster. Um, but the adaptation was by a man named Paul Karasik, and the art is by a man that you may know called David Mazzucchelli. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> um, Guy's got a future. But, yeah. So this is, uh, it's, you know, it's 1994, David Mazzucchelli. Um, I, I didn't know it existed, but um, uh, Jennifer and I are, and a bunch of our, my friends are in a, are in a, we have like a book club, like, you know, all like the, all the parents, all the married couples, you know, with kids, like we started a book club so we can get together every couple months and get rid of the kids and, you know, drink and eat and talk about books and stuff. But, uh, we read for our regular book club, we read the novel city of glass. And when I was someone, one of of my friends picked it. So when I was going to order it on Amazon, this came up as well. And I was like, well, shit, there's a graphic novel. So I ordered it as well. And once I'd finished reading the book, the regular, you know, prose novel, I decided to read the graphic novel as well. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it was released in 1994. Um, actually, the Comics Journal named it one of the best 100, com- 100 comics of the last century. Um, so, I mean, it's... And would it's, you it, agree? Uh, 100, sure. 100 graphic novels pre-2000, sure. <laughs> how, many, how many graphic novels are there pre- t- pre-2000? Right. Know? Um, yeah, it was great though. It was, um, I guess it was the, the, the project was spearheaded by Art Spiegelman, who apparently is a friend of the author of the original book. Um, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's really great. It's really, really trippy and weird. Um, I think part of it, part of it, because the book itself is real trippy. The book itself uh, the story is like it's a meta. It's like a metafictional detective story, mm. um, and you have like an, uh, it starts out with a, f- a phone call in the middle of the night, and the main character, whose name is Quinn, who is a writer of de- he, like in the book, he's a writer of detective fiction. He becomes uh, involved in this case that uh, a crazy case that's crazier than anything he could have possibly ever written. Um, and the person that calls him when he answers the phone asks to speak to Paul Oster, who is hmm. the actual author of the book. But in the in the in the book, he's not the author of a book. He is a private detective. It's really super metafictional. Um, there's like a ton of different characters that might end up all being the same character. Um, and the book, the the novel is. It feels like it's the novel itself is about like while while the plot is about this this case this detective you know on this case trying to help this man not be murdered by his father the the actual story itself like behind the scene is about writing and language you know that's that's what the book is ultimately about right so I mean Mazzucchelli does a great job because 
you know, he takes those ideas that are um, ideas about writing and language and he turns them into comic language. Um, you know, he does interesting layouts and he does crazy, like, you know, uh, he'll do, like, as opposed to his, his finished drawing, he'll do, like, you know, like a sketch of a person and, you know, but they're walking around like that. Um, it's really kind of crazy. I see a lot of, I see a lot of Asterius Polyp in this uh-huh. before Asterius Polyp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, how he played with, he played with the shapes and, oh, and Asterius sure. Polyp and stuff. He plays with that, a lot of that here. Yeah, um, it's, it's not, um, it, it's not born again or year one. No, it's, it's rubber blankets. Yes. And, and like you said, and yeah, this is, this is the guy you would look at, you could look at Sirius Polyp and be like, okay, yeah, this is the same guy. Whereas if you look at Polyp and then you're like, you go to look at, at the Born Again Artist Edition or the Year One collection, then you're like, I don't... The lines are there. It's, it's just the work is completely changed around. But yeah, and it's... But it's still David Kelly. So I mean, it's still... I mean, he's 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 a master man. He is. Um, the, uh, there's a scene... You know, in the book, and then also in the graphic novel adaptation, that is stuck out for me like both times, and it's when the uh, the character that hires uh, Quinn to 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 check on his father, who he's worried is going to kill him, um, comes into the room, meets him for the first time, and he goes into this huge. In the book, it's like pages and pages of this this you know monologue of just nonsense, non sequitur, you know crazy language uh stuff that doesn't make any sense he keeps repeating stuff and saying things and mazakelly in the book he he takes you know it, it's it's over the course of 10 or 15 pages he just does this monologue and it's just the word balloons are coming like the main the the character who's speaking disappears mm-hmm. and we go down into his mouth as the with the dialogue and then it, you know, throughout the rest of the thing, it's different. The the thought bubbles or the word bubbles are coming out of like an inkwell or a phonogram or hmm. a drain or like it's just it's just a, a, from a from a torn up comic strip from a pile of poop. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, he and he, I mean, he just the stuff he you really have to see it. The stuff he plays with, you know, in the medium. Is just is just really good, and I I'm, I'm I mean seriously, a lot of stuff that he worked out later in a serious pop, I think, feels like it came from this. Huh. Sounds like he was uh, putting it down. How big is the how how large is the? Um, it is how many pages? Is it? It's about a hundred and twenty five pages. Mm-hmm. It's like a um, issue type of thing. Yeah, it is. Um, it is on a smaller scale. It's not quite digest, but it's you know it's not full. It's not regular size comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would highly recommend it. $16 from, uh, Picador Press. But I got it on Amazon for, you know, nine bucks or whatever. Nice. Um, but very, very good. Um, I was surprised I'd never heard of it before. I, I, you know, it's very rare that, you know, with guys like us that, you know, have read everything under the sun, it seems like, and, and, and it's so ingrained in everything that something like this, you know, is under the radar for me. Yeah. 
Especially well, how, did you, how did you finally come across it since you hadn't heard of it? Like, what made you buy it? Uh, well, because we did the book club on like the novel, and then oh, the I, novel, saw, right. okay, I yeah. saw it show up in, on Amazon, and I was like, David Mitz Kelly. Need it. Yeah. Art Spiegelman, does, Art Spiegelman does an introduction to this, this, this volume that I have. I think uh, Mario found his uh, new to me in 2015. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Indeed. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really good. How about you, David? Uh, let's see. Um, because we, well, yeah, I got a bit of a backlog, but I'll start with something that I read that came out last week. I read it, uh, the other day. It's from image. It is black magic. Number one. Yes. And, uh, we tag team in this. Well, you go and not, but yes, I read it. So okay. it's, it's, uh, I was I was excited for it. It's I mean I I think I think it's safe to say Greg Rucka gets a lot of love on this show. Um even though Chris isn't here, he still mm-hmm. gets love on the show and uh and, and the man can write. There's there's no doubt about it. And uh Nicholas Scott is a phenomenal illustrator. She knows how to uh to draw the human form, especially the female form. Uh, especially the first few pages of this particular book, it's um, it really does look good. I um, it's not it's not getting a five out of five for me. It's not it's it's not a um, it didn't blow me away, and and I didn't I didn't really know a lot about the setup. I, I could kind of get an idea from it based on the title but I, I had no idea what I was walking into and and I have I have no problem with witches I have no problem with with wickers I don't the subject matter doesn't didn't play a factor in 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 how I felt as I was reading it but as I was reading it um, the it felt like something was missing and 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 it's not colors not because it's 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 a painted mostly black and white grayscaleish book it's um it's i think it, there just wasn't enough there for me it was i i got to the end of the issue and it when i think about other recent image first issues and it it's not fair to compare it to other books because this isn't like any other image book out there really so uh it's just when I got to the end of the issue, I knew a little bit about Rowan and, but not a lot. I, I she was introduced and, and it, there was a hostage negotiation going on. And, uh, you know, we, there are questions that I'd like answered so that it, it worked in that regard where, you know, okay, I want to see where we're going. And, and the whole, uh, family tree, at the end, I thought was a fantastic touch. And I don't know if, uh, we'll see maybe the trees from the other witches that were around that circle at the beginning of the issue. But it, um, I, I liked it. I, I guess maybe I was hoping that I would say I loved it based on the artist and the writer. Uh, but right now I really can't say that. And, and one thing that, and if Vince was here, I'd, I'd hear him groan, but one thing that kind of bugged me, especially with this beautiful art is the lettering didn't seem all that tight to me. 
it 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 seemed big and airy like it just it wasn't tight the the, the word balloons were kind of big and the spaces between some of the letters and the words just seemed to kind of float and and it it i just feel like it could have been a little tightened and uh the um the letterer was Jody Wynn and i'm not i don't know if there's a whole lot that i've read that uh Jody has lettered before but it's a um I, I would still recommend it. I still say, listen, check it out because it isn't like anything else you're going to get on the uh, on the stands right now that that, that I'm currently reading. Uh, it's a beautiful book, and and Rucka knows how to get you into a character. I, the few pages, it, it it felt like a quick read too. But I mean, the few pages that that I'm I'm being introduced to Rowan Black. I feel comfortable around her. I want to know more about her. So, so props for that. There is more bad. There's more good than bad. I don't want you to think that I hated the book. I just can't say that this was hands down my, my absolute favorite thing I read this week. Uh, so I would agree. It probably wasn't my favorite thing that I read this week, but I think I liked it more than you did. It's entirely possible. Um, I I I thought it was well paced. I I thought we got a pretty good sense of of who Rowan was. Um, and uh, and I think the ultimate goal of a number one issue should be making making me clamor for more. And I definitely was left at the end of the issue thinking I can't wait to read the next one. So um, from that perspective, I have to say it it uh, it hit the mark. I um. I agree with you uh, that uh, Nicola is, is uh, it's nice to see her uh, doing something out of the realm of, of DC because she spent really most of <clears throat> her career there, <clears throat> at least in terms of the stuff I've seen of her. Um, and, and there's a, there's a, a thing going on in this book that uh, <clears throat> she's definitely trying a different style here. She's, it's not quite photo ref, but no, but there's definitely an aspect to it, particularly in, in the backgrounds. It's a little more, uh, on the nose re- realism than we're used to seeing in her uh, like Secret Six or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and I think mm-hmm. I think the coloring or or the the black and white um, plays a part in that because there's really yeah, right. no they, place that she yeah. can she can make any shortcuts or or yeah. fake backgrounds or anything. I mean, the faces all look fantastic. Whether it's it's her partner with the stubble and 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 the turned up collar or the vans of everybody outside waiting for the hostages, it just or the people who have to change out of the kerosene soaked clothes into their you know hazmatish outfits everything everything looks good it, it, it there's there's weight to this world it's all it's all real world physics and it, it works absolutely and and i mean the opening scene they had me at hello because we've got a bunch of, of, <laughs> yeah. of half naked uh, witches in the in the woods doing a seance and, and a dude uh, back there a chubby dude in the back yeah there is a dude back there too um <laughs> dudes and stuff uh you know and it, it's 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 it could have very well been a, a scene from the 1500s, and then all of a sudden you hear a phone <laughs> ringing, and she's just like, "Who the hell forgot to turn off their fucking phone?" Yeah, which is great. And then she takes the phone, and it's 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 Rowan, and she gets a call because she has to go to a crime scene. Uh, and I love that juxtaposition. Um, I, I I think the um, I, I the scene of a of a um, Hostage, a hostage negotiation has been done a trillion times in cop movies and action movies. So it's a scene that everyone's very familiar with how it usually goes. 
So I loved that this that that he took a Rucka took a scene from a crime procedural that we've all felt we've seen a million times before. And this time it was different because again, the guy that's got him hostage is holding them hostage solely to get Black to come in and talk to him off the record because he needs to talk to her. And she's a negotiator and she agrees to go in, but uh, again, there's this aspect of her being a witch, which changes everything. And the other thing I really liked about that is that, um, you know, I, th- I think up until the last pages, we we know she's a witch from the opening scene, but we also at least presume that there's nothing really to that, other than it's. I mean, there, there are there are, in our world there are Wiccan and, and and witches that practice witchcraft, but but it's but to no avail, right? They do it because it's sort of a a cultural thing, uh, a communal thing, but they're, they're not actually uh, exhibiting magic. And in this book, we, we weren't really sure until the end, whether this was a world where magic as in the supernatural existed, or if this was just, she was into being a witch. And then we, we, we get the answer to that in the last few pages. Yeah. And, um, I, I thought that was really well done. I, I, I mean, I'm totally intrigued now by what this is all about. And, and the cliffhanger where, where she's essentially saying it's starting again. I mean, what's starting again? You right. know, I mean, what, what is that? Is that? And then the back matter was was were presented with um, some kind of family tree of all the different women that are clearly part of her lineage because their last name is Black. Well, and actually, it's and it then starts if you go, off with Denor. Right, exactly, Denor. If you go far enough back, but and and all these different women have have been lived relatively short lives and yeah. seemingly killed in some kind of event. And then there's there's a there's an essay and there's a, a pages from a a parchment fifteen hundred year old book or five hundred year old book. And did you notice the 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 scribbles? What looked like scribbles on the side of that of that parchment page? I I did notice the scribbles, but I didn't take any time to the uh, the one in the lower left that looks like the cross with the circle. That's that's the tattoo on her inside of her forearm. Oh, cool. Okay, nice, good catch. Um. So yeah. So I I think. I think Ruck has got me. I, I so I, I'm I'm definitely. I think this is one of the stronger first issues I've read in a, in, a, in a good bit. So, but it but but to your to use your cliffhanger, it was not my favorite number one issue that I read this week. Oh, what was? Um, did you got now again? I admittedly have not listened to last week's episode yet, although I do plan on it this week. Um. Did you guys talk about uh, the Twilight Children? No. Oh, no, but I did read that, and that oh. was the best thing I read this week. We Thank you. See, there you go. Yeah, so the, the Twilight Children. Now, uh, an interesting thing here, because it is um, it is a it – is, um, Darwin Cook is the, is the, is the artist, which uh, pretty much means it can't not be great. Um, <laughs> but – it's written by Gilbert Hernandez, oh, yeah. who I think for, for most of you out there, including the people sitting with me, or at least internet sitting with me talking, um, that's a huge selling point. But I I have not connected with Love and Rockets in the way that most of you have. Um, and those brothers Hernandez, just I, I don't I don't have a really strong connection to those guys. So it it goes without saying then for me that this was far and away the the best thing I've ever read from one of the Hernandez brothers. Now I, that, I'm sure that's probably sacrilege to many people listening wanting to throw stuff at me for saying that, but um, but I dug this the most, and I I think that uh, you, it's 
in a hyperbolic world, it's not hyperbole to say that Gilbert Hernandez and and Darwin Cook are legends. Um, and so to have them pair up on something is is pretty exciting stuff. So absolutely, um, this is this is the this is the best thing I've I've read from the Vertigo relaunch. Absolutely, um, yeah, absolutely. it is. It's it feels like. I mean, when I when I read it, it felt like I was reading like a verdict a new Vertigo series from like 1994. Yeah, wow. well and, said. And, and the best way possible, you know. And it's nice because Darwin has drawn a million different things over his career, but 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 he's spent the last four and a half five years drawing Parker essentially, which I'm not complaining. I love the Parker books, like you read about. I mean, I think they're phenomenal, but you you kind of forget that he's capable of drawing other things. Um, so it's nice to see him and, and adapt a story from someone else. And uh, we're basically the, the story is the first issue is relatively simple. I mean, there's a fishing town, and uh, these orbs appear in the fishing town. These giant they look like balls of energy. These giant orbs, and one appears in the ocean. And it's clear this isn't the first time this has happened. And they often come and then they disappear. A day later, so the town's relatively nonplussed about it. They they're intrigued by it. They try and capture it. They try and analyze it to no avail. But they, they it's more of a curiosity than anything. Like it's not like the first time you would it, theoretically, if you saw a UFO, the first time how the how your town would react to seeing a real UFO. This is clearly not that. I mean, they've seen these orbs before. It seems like they feel they're relatively benign, but but it's, so it's more of a curiosity. Um, but at the same time, we're introduced to the sheriff and. Um, and his 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 lady love, who may or may not have another relationship that she's she's involved with. Uh, he's the, the sheriff's really the the side piece, and um, and these orbs appear other places, and and it just it sets this this just fascinating story about what what is what is this all about? Does it have a greater meaning? And of course, we know it does because they wouldn't rewriting this book if it didn't. Um, but uh, you just meet a bunch of different characters, and I love – it's so nice seeing Darwin do color again because, again, it's not like he hasn't done color comics before, but it's been a while. Um, he uses those very distinct one or two colors per per Parker book, which is very effective storytelling. But it's nice to see a full-color palette back on his work again. And uh, there's, it's it's – Dave Stewart, I'll, another legend. That is true. I'll have to leave it to, to, to Mario as to talk about how this fits into the Gilbert Hernandez – Pantheon and whether this is sort of in line with the stuff he normally does or far afield. But I will say, as someone who's not that experienced with this stuff, um, this was so strong that it does make me think maybe I need to go back and delve into some other Gilbert stuff because um, he clearly is very good uh, as a storyteller. And what I liked about this book is that not only do we have this science fiction-esque yarn that they're spinning, but it's not at the expense of the characters. And uh, it's an adult book. I mean, there's there, there's 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 sex, there's infidelity there's uh innuendo it's 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 a it's a sexy book it's an it's a it's, there's a mystery to it again there's a science fiction and when you're dealing with all those different things in in, in a in a 24 25 page or i think it's 30 30 page uh comic a lot can go wrong it can feel disjointed it can feel like you're just all over the place but but this does not feel that way at all it feels like it's all very carefully put together where every character we're introduced to has meaning and we're going to get to know you get a sense we're going to get to know more about these people that they're all going to have their own arc so, yeah, I just this was a huge home run, uh, absolutely immense home run. Um, and, and if if this is what we're going to get from 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 the new Vertigo relaunch, um, then we're in for a treat. And Vertigo yeah. is back on the map. Totally. 
I so mean, it's, it, it, it is a, a four-issue series. True. Um, True. Which I'm both happy and sad that it's four issues because, you know, I like the idea that we're going to get a complete story. Um, but, you know, I, I could I could read this forever. It's, it's so good. Uh, Gilbert Hernandez, I mean, it's hard to compare this to the Love and Rocket stuff, but except for in, in his in his I think you can compare it in his ability to write in the sense that I think that Gilbert Hernandez writes children really well mm. or, you know, like, uh, you know, like adolescents, you know, and we have these kids at the beginning and they show up a couple of times throughout. But um, and they seem to be somewhat of a crux of the story. Um uh, but uh, yeah, I think Gilbert. I think Gilbert shines when he writes kids. Um, he's written uh, what was the one he wrote a couple years ago that was Love and Rockets. I forget what it was. It was um, uh, Marvel Seasons. That's what it was. Um, and that was you know about these couple of these kids, and it was really good. I just I think that's where. I mean, Gilbert is just. It's hard to compare. You can't compare it to Love and Rockets. Not in quality, but just in, you know, and 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 what we're what we're seeing here. It's just, I mean, this is a Vertigo book. It feels like a Vertigo book. It's you know, it's got this great sci-fi element to it. What do you think that orb is? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, know, I don't man. know because um, when I first read it, I just I I wasn't sure at all. Especially, there's definitely some energy aspect to it, but it's ethereal and it's not visible to others. But but then if you go back and you look at the first page of the book and there's that sexy glowing naked woman. Right. Yeah. Then I'm thinking there must be something to that, right? Oh, sure, cuz she's at the very end too. She's Yeah, on the, so yeah. yeah, so I don't know. I mean, uh, is it exactly? I mean, I, that's that's the fun part. I have no idea what it is. Is it is it alien? Is it is it uh, mystical? Is it I uh, don't know. Yeah. But yeah, the man, only I- can draw himself a lady, huh? that's for sure. He can. There's uh, there's that one panel where she's, I don't know. There's that one panel where she's walking to because the orb comes into the the apartment or whatever, and she's getting out of bed and walking you know, across the floor. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's Super he hot. can, you know, and she's got some she's got some curve to her, you know, and it's nice. Darwin's just such a great cartoonist. You know, he's just he's he he doesn't he's just so sure of himself with his line. It just. It's just, uh, it's just amazing. It's, I'm sure if we watched him draw it, it just seems so crazy that the few amount of lines he's putting down on the page end up looking like what these things look like. Yeah. I mean, it's whimsical. It's, I mean, there's, there's a lot going on here. It's, fun. oh, it's great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really wonderful. I, I, uh, I, I, I just think it's, uh, and I guess because of the creators involved, I, I, I can't imagine it not being this strong throughout the entire four issues. Right. So how many pages did you say this was? Did you have a page? Well, it's 32, uh, 34, the 34 pages. And I don't remember if there are other ads. Let me see. Uh, so it's, yeah, so it's 32 pages, 32 pages. Yeah. Okay. Cause it was five bucks. It was five bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming, I mean, I, I will double dip on this. I mean, I'm assuming we'll get a nice hardcover at the end of it. Um, do we get a lot of hardcovers from Vertigo that are written by Neil Gaiman? I feel like we will because it's Gilbert Hernandez it and Gilbert. Darwin Cook. Right. I agree. And and also I think we have to remember that Jamie Rich is now running Vertigo and 
I, so I think there's whatever we think. I hope I would like fast. to see. I would, I would like to see. You know, not not the whatever the standard uh, the SOP was from the past regime that it it does. You know that we kind of get a collection that's that's worth that reflects the contents and and yes i i agree gilbert and and darwin absolutely do agree do um are worth the uh the extra so i it'd be cool to see but i i could see them definitely doing it for darwin i'm trying to think about past dc work that any of the hernandez brothers has worked on and and how um fitting the collection was but like you said with jamie rich running it now things have changed Shit unchanged. Nice. Mario and I agreed. Yes. Awesome. Very Let's good. Go week. It's a beautiful thing. It is. Can't be all what the else? red, though. No. Uh, let's see. I, um... Well, I You're sadly... backed up worse than a than an inmate after a 30-year stint. Dad. For real, man. <laughs> For real. Especially with, you know, nobody's sweet sharing the cell with them or nothing. All in solitary. Uh, I did not get to read the Tom King issue that I wanted to read for this week. Oh, vision number one? Yes, yeah, since it came me out neither. today. Me neither, yeah. Uh, but I did read a Tom King co-written, co-plotted issue that came out, I believe, last week, and that was Grayson number uh, 13. 13, right? Yeah. And uh, still looking phenomenal. Um, uh, man, Mikhail knows how to... Uh, draw the ladies matron always looks fantastic but uh we're not really getting anything based on the previous issue when when dick went back to gotham to talk to um an old friend of his who doesn't remember uh ever hanging out with dick Grayson. it's he's back in the thick of things doing uh doing a mission for uh for spiral uh Tiger Shark is a. Uh, I'm sorry, King Tiger is there. Who, who's wearing a a jacket made from the pelt of a uh, pretty much endangered tiger, and hmm. it's uh, it's just it's 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 a new it's a new mission, and and I guess based on the events from the and I, I don't they're obviously not leaving it to lie there so we'll we'll get back to it um but it was a uh it was a really good issue i felt it it's um because agent agent one um uh, another tiger he uh they're he and grayson are kind of um working together but just still there's they're still that 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 abrasiveness between the two of them since they uh they had fought a couple issues ago because of the whole um, uh, mole and misdirect aspect of uh, of what was going on politically with with the organization, but it still it, it it still looks absolutely amazing. So so Tom King yeah is still is still killing it, and I cannot wait for uh, the the sheriff of uh, Babylon. Of, of Babylon. So that's um, well, or as as. Vince and I referred it to last week. Just that new book by Tom King and Mitch Jarrett's because we, we, we weren't sure. We were stepping on each other with the Babylon and the Baghdad. Ah. Uh. Um, but I also... Uh, actually, see, and 
I don't know if we'll get in. I don't know if Mario will get into it, but I know Jason and I have been enjoying uh, Starve, which. Yep, just read the fifth issue right, right before we sat down. Which which concludes the first arc. So the book will mm-hmm. be back next year in 2016 in a few months. Um, and I'm not sure how I really felt about that ending. But the first, the first couple of issues, the book started off so strong. And I, I needed the next issue when I finished the one I had in my hand. And I guess the whole bum rushing restaurants and taking them over kind of just it i get it but it just some of it some especially in the fifth issue with uh with roman uh well stepping down from his duties and it just some of it it didn't feel like the, the the issue was falling apart by any means it just i guess it as i was reading it and turning the pages it felt as though there was the winds were changing. There was definitely a shift about to happen. It didn't happen at the end of the issue. It was happening as I was reading the issue. Just there were some characters right. that just didn't quite feel right, especially since it's only been five issues. And and I just I can't quite put my finger on it, but I just I I wanted the fifth issue to end as strong as the first issue started. And, and I didn't get that. I got your back on this one. I think it was a little anticlimactic climactic. I would say that. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I said. Um, I think you hit on it. it. It it got off to such, it was such a unique, I think when we first, when we talked about the first couple issues, I kept saying it was just unlike any other book that you're going to read yep. um, on the stands. And I, and I, and I think that was true. Um, and it got a little too wrapped up in the melodrama at the end. It became so much like a soap opera instead of, you know, versus it being about the cooking, like the food. Yes. The thing I loved was it was about the food. It was it was, uh, you know, it wasn't wasn't quite get hero, but it was, it was definitely a book that was focused on the fact that this dude was a badass chef. Yeah. yeah. And it was celebrating the food and that he could do wonders with the food and that I felt like was put a little bit to the side for the sake of the drama about his wife and or his ex wife and his daughter and his former buddy who's as you said now going to be his competitor it's just, uh, and it was fine i mean i didn't i didn't dislike it but i agree i i i finished that issue today thinking oh okay like i guess we'll wait and see what happens next season but it wasn't it wasn't with the same vigor that i that i i had in the first few issues and so much so that frankly this would have been a book i probably would have just forgotten to talk about if, if you had brought it up because it just didn't leave you know it was just wasn't it just didn't leave the mark that i'd hoped it would so yeah. you know yeah um, I mean, it's still worth reading as a collection, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, but you know you, you you always get bummed when something doesn't quite stick the landing. Agreed. Surprised so you haven't tried this, Mario. I mean, it's you're a foodie. <laughs> yeah, he is. I read the first issue. Yeah, didn't like it. It's not the foodie aspect of it that's. Uh, you can care I, for it. I'm not, I don't care for Brian Wood for multiple uh, reasons. Ah, my cousin. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I don't know. I just I, he just turns me off at this point. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I mean, I get that. You're not alone there. Yeah, so I just kind of avoid his stuff more or less. I'm sure it's fine. I mean, uh, but you know, hate all, hate all things named Wood. That's cool. That's yeah. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> what else? Uh, the new uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. 
number one, post Secret Wars Guardians oh, of the Galaxy. The Kitty Pride Lord. Yes. Um I have not I did not yet uh finish the pre Secret Wars Bendis written Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I read the first few issues, I just I I just have them Again, backlog is just they're there. They just haven't been read, and and I wanted to read it because the the whole um, they were planning on going to the uh, to the planet where uh, the symbiotes from, or at least that was the impression I was getting based on huh. thing, how things were being laid out um, since Venom was a member of the team. I I don't know if that's where they were headed. If they got to go there before Secret War started, but I. As of right now, um, with this first issue, I'm not because if you if you've read the first issue of Secret Wars, you know kind of what happens to some members of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, but this first issue of of this series, still written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by um, Valerio Shiti, and and colors by Richard Eisenhove. The reason why Kitty is in charge and is pretty much star lordess is the uh is that peter quill is now the he's taken over dad is not in the picture and now he is um the the lord of uh of, of spartak so he's he's now he's got to deal with all the crap that dad had to deal with as uh as as King and, and, and highfalutin dude and uh it I don't know if don't know what kind of anima so again, if if this is kind of how the first series ended, uh I don't know. So I don't know if, if it's picking up where the previous volume left off or if we're all hitting the ground running and and we're going to scramble to figure out why the players are where they are and the uh the team still all gets together because they kind of bring the fight to Spartax and the, uh, there's, it, it's still witty. It's still clever. It looks great. The, uh, thing is now out there. And, and I, I was, I guess when, well, when he was on the, uh, the Avengers for a minute, Bendis got to write, thing obviously there but he he um it he was missing i guess the the gruffness that i'd been so used to over the years whether it's it's wade or mcduffie or Byrne or or anybody uh he he just ben i guess was just more content he's out in space he was he did his inner monologues going on where you know this is this is where he belongs this is all he's ever wanted um even before he got it, it it's what get, it's the reason why he has his powers but he's just always wanted to be in space and now he is and and he gets to 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 beat up on on big monstrous aliens and he he's he's happy he's content and i i kind of get that vibe from reading the uh reading what he's saying or what he's thinking by bendis um so it's not I'm not completely put off by thing being on Guardians of the Galaxy. It's, it, 
I'm not looking at it in the same way that, you know, you'd see Wolverine or Spider-Man on the Avengers, where it kind of really doesn't make sense. This this is fitting, and it's not like it's not... Even before... Even with... Aside from Ben going in space to get hit by the cosmic rays, after the first Secret Wars, he decided to stay out there. So him being far from home is not so unusual. And, and it's kind of fitting that he's out there after the second secret war. So I, 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 I look at it as I view it as, as a neat little nod, even though it's probably not intended that way, but the whole, um, the whole team with, uh, although the last page is kind of, a a, a punch to the nuts because there is one member that doesn't show up until the very end. And when, and when that, uh, that guardian does appear, uh, you kind of want to know how the hell she got. Oh shit! How the hell this person? How how how, uh, how they ended up the way they ended up, and and it should be uh, should be pretty interesting to see how it plays out from there. Because if if they can take that guardian down, then uh, I don't know what chance the rest of the team really has. So it, it's pretty cool, and there's a neat little um, like council moment with. Um, Annihilus and and a uh, and a brood queen and it's just it's so they really are Bendis is you know I look at it as as just also picking up where like Abnett and Lanning and the Annihilation guys kind of um, st- st- still picking the fruit from the seeds that that, that they planted and I I think that it's I, I like that I, I I like the continuity of it so no I I thought Guardians was uh, it was pretty cool. That's cool. I, I haven't read it yet, but uh, but I'm looking forward to it for lots of reasons. I think the thing on there is fine. I mean, yeah. And look, I mean, up the we've had uh, uh, you know Venom join the team. Miss Marvel was on the team. Iron Man was on the team. Right. So it's not you know it's not like that hasn't been happening. You're right. Um, but boo, I'm disappointed. On what? Why? You don't remember that I I talked in great detail about the arc of the gardens of the galaxy where in fact they do go to the host to, to the symbiote planet i did i remember you yeah yeah you're right they went there it's called the planet's called clintar that... and and the thing was is that uh there are a race of actually very benevolent symbiotes but there's an offshoot of their race that when when a symbiote gets too far away from other symbiotes and has a host that has dubious moral fiber it can go rogue and so a whole offshoot of the clintar um exists in the galaxy and essentially are evil much like venom where their whole thing is to just take over planets and ransack and venom was like the 998th generation of that of that offshoot um but when they get to clintar they they essentially um, deem Flash Thompson worthy. So with his blessing, they reset the the symbiote and essentially make him benevolent. And that's why now Flash has... That's why it looks different. It's like a suit of armor and Flash has complete control over it and it's got much more ability. Um, and it's not... It's no longer at risk of... At least for now, it's no longer at risk of, of turning into a... Uh, uh, you know, an evil, evil entity that overtakes him. Yeah. yeah. So, I thought it was pretty well done, pretty cool because awesome. they kind of flip flip what we what we think of the uh, 
of the thing, you know. So. That's that's got to be why I I went back and made sure I had the issues after you were talking about it. There you go. There you go. That's hot. Is it Mario who's typing on his iPhone? Is that what's happening? Yes. Okay. I guess the sure. um, the I'm looking at comics. Broken. I'm oh, looking nice. at comics. All right, that's, that's fun. <laughs> it's not like this is important or anything. Don't worry about it. Uh, who's next? Well, Dak. Yo. I'm going to – you've already talked about this book several times, but uh, the trade finally came out. So I, I had a chance to – I read the first issue in issue, but I was waiting for the trade. And that is uh, from Dynamite, <sighs> Mr. David F. Walker, Mr. Bilquis Evely. Oh, that's a uh, miss actually. Huh? Miss. What? Yeah. A miss. Oh, Bilquis Evely is a woman. Yes. Oh, my bad. Okay, Mr. David F. Walker, Miss Bilkus Evely. Um, Dynamite, uh, Shaft, A Complicated Man, Trade Paperback, Volume 1. Yes. Um, How awesome does it look, though? Oh, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It's six, six issues of the miniseries. It's, uh, we went in-depth in the first two issues, and then you've kept talking about it, so I don't want to rehash. But, man, it was awesome. It's, just, uh, um, you, it's pretty cool. To read this, and it and, and this is definitely a miniseries that did stick the landing. Yeah, and then to see how awesome that David Walker is getting some real run at Marvel now. You know, got a bunch of books coming out, not the least of which is Power Man and Iron Fist. Right, and he's and, he's doing pretty well on the cyborg book for DC. Yep, yep, that's true too. I've read the first two issues of that, but I've been buying it, so that's true too. Um, so yeah, he's he's doing his thing, but man, this was great. Got to got to get the full on history of of Mr. John Shaft before yeah. he became the badass that we know him from the. The 70s movies. 70s or 60s? 70s, right? 70s. Yeah. Um, but uh, absolutely. Now, and and there is a second volume of this coming out, although yeah. it is not drawn by Miss Ebley. No, uh, with covers by Mr. Matthew Clark. Yes, exactly. But uh, this was hella fun, man. It was. It was. It, it really looks, fun. They didn't, um, you know, nothing was really sugar-coated. It was, mm-hmm. it, it, it felt like you could actually see this play out in a film um the uh, i don't know what the trade has as far as the back matter goes but at the end of each single issue they had a uh, a track listing for uh, the soundtrack for you know what 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 would work with this particular issue uh the the yeah, art we don't is get that that's, uh, that's not in the trade damn the uh the art is is absolutely fantastic there was is a neat little um like mark bright feel to it uh it it just it's it's solid it it's a cool story the it it ends you know kind of just the way you would expect it to end it, it it's there's no um nothing's really black or white in this world uh no pun intended it's just it it's there are things that uh that shaft has to uh, fix for lack of a better word and and you know you kind of you kind of he knows who to trust but just kind of at arm's length and it's there it's it's a good looking book and it reads real well too it's i i, I really really liked it yeah david walker's uh he's he's a, he's a dude that's uh that's definitely i think gonna be a household name soon if he's not already he's probably not a household name yet but he should he will be he should be, based, yeah, based on the quality be. of his work yeah, yeah. um and you're right. I mean, this is a it's an R-rated book, right? It's not it's and and it's it's full of racial epithets, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, especially 
Especially the Goomba in the beginning every time he says something. Oh, oh my God. No, it was fantastic. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. I, did you read this, Mario? I did not, huh? Oh, you don't like good things. No, I, I don't. Especially since they, you know, talk smack about, about guineas and stuff. So, yeah, he's not going to be confined. That's true. <laughs> David, did you read a new uh, Amazing Spider-Man? I read the second issue. I didn't read the third yet. Okay. All right. I won't talk about it then. Oh. Did you enjoy the second one more than the first? I did. I did. I, and that's, I mean, the first one, the second one. I know one, had a big problem with Oh, it. yeah, no, we, we, we did. It's, um. I got problems with all of it so far, yeah. Oh, snap. The, uh, <laughs> he, uh, I mean, you needed the first issue to get to the second, but the second I thought was a, um, is a, it was, it was a, I guess a more well, told story from start to finish i liked where um where slot just had it going and i mean it was it it ended in in typical new nouveau spidey fashion where uh that was that was a plan all along and it it just uh it's still it's still a spider-man book so you know part of me is like you gotta love it. It, it. It's like you know, you you reading every Deadpool and Wolverine story, Jason. It's just you know, it, it's um, it, it, but it doesn't st- still. I'll find out with the third issue, but right now it still doesn't feel like uh, the. It's not the old comfortable blue jeans Spider Man. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you know, I, it'll be a while probably before that comes back. Uh, but I mean, as far as, you know, where they're going with this particular incarnation right now, then it's, you know, um, it, I'm tolerating it. I'm, I'm living with it, but it, it's, it's still, it's still Spidey. You know, he's, there's, that voice is still there. That, that character is back there. So I, I'm enjoying it for that. It's just... Yeah, the, it, it's it's the new clothes are just kind of that that that's I need to take some time to get used to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just don't. I just don't. I mean, it's a good thing. I mean, I don't know where where slots going, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because I you know I also don't want to know. You know, I don't want to see everything broadcast as to what's happening, but I I'm just worried that he's not going anywhere, and that he's just and you know. And that he's just telling some Spidey stories, which is which is okay. But what's so good about Dan Slott's Spidey run is that it was these epic stories. Yeah, you know, and like you know, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. We've read every Spider-Man story that ever was, and, and every story that every Spider-Man story that will ever be told has been told. You know what I mean? Like these aren't. There's not going to be anything that's like crazy, you know, different. You know, it's, we read these things because they're familiar and they're fun. But, mm-hmm. like, I just feel like he's just kind of like, you know, just walking along, telling some Spidey stories. And that, you know, I was I was hoping we'd get something better. You know, so what that he's he's a head of a company. You know, he's he's been there before. You know, and, you know, he's he's using his his scientist ways. You know, he's done that before, too. So. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of familiar faces in that third issue. Uh, 
David. So. Oh, okay, cool. Or is it cool? Uh, I don't know if it's cool or not. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> we'll talk about it after you read it. Okay. We'll talk. We'll talk. Talk about it. Have some coffee. Mm-hmm. So it's got, it's got, it's got. I mean, this, this is no surprise. It's got, um, it's got the torch in it. He's on the cover. But you know, you guys are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy with a thing in space. What's going on with Fantastic Four? What happened at the end of their series? Are they broken up? Is that what happened? Is that why they're all scattered? I don't know. I didn't finish yeah. the Robinson Kirk book. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think we get. I, I mean, I, don't, I think they're broken up by virtue of the fact that post post Battle World, they they all have new lives. I don't know that we've yet find out why they all end up where they went end up because we haven't gotten the end of Battle World and Secret Wars yet. Right. Which is pretty ridiculous, by the way. It is. It is. At this point, it's really super ridiculous. <laughs> right? That's I'm not even... I, don't, I, I probably won't even read it. I, probably, I, I oh, honestly damn. have lost so much interest in it that I'm just like, what is even... I mean, I mean to see... To get the payoff, I guess, but... At this point, I, I feel like I might as well just get the payoff from reading about it online after it comes out. I, I don't, I, you know, everything's past now, so, you know, I just need to know how it ends. I don't even feel like I need to experience it that by reading it. Just someone, just someone put it in Wikipedia and I'll read it. No, I kind of agree with you. It's, uh, excuse me, with you on, but yeah, I, I, it's, it, that's the problem is that um, it's hard to, care as much as I would have before about the change of status quo when I'm getting when I'm being relaunched into the new status quo and part of that is that we're in a world now where they're training us to just expect every 6 to 12 months to have a book softly relaunched so we're just it doesn't feel doesn't feel important anymore it just feels like alright new off new number one or new new creator or new gimmick okay they're going to relaunch alright some things are going to be the same some are going to be different we'll figure it out you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So the the why of the why and the how seemed less important than they used to, but uh, that was our grumpy old man five minutes brought to you by. <laughs> um, I spent uh, the last month going back and forth finishing a book. Um, it took a long time to finish, um, but that is not an indication of it not being quality. It's just a very dense dense work, and that is high crimes. Um by uh, Chris Sabella and Ibrahim Mustafa. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. The hardcover is by Dark Horse, but it's in partnership with Monkey Brain. This was a Monkey Brain digital comic that was yeah. uh, collected here and printed. Um, first of all, I have to say that uh, Dark Horse does a great job with their collected editions, and this is one of the better trade dresses I've seen in a long time. Um, the logo for High Crimes is uh, the H is a pickaxe, which is great. And then there's a bloody handprint in the center of the, and it's spot varnished. And if you look close enough, you'll see that inside of the handprint, um, the crags and, and wrinkles of the handprint are actually uh, Mount Everest, um, which is pretty cool. So it's, it's really well done. But, but the premise is, um, Zan Jensen is a, uh, X games, Olympic slash snowboarder, world famous snowboarder. And, uh, in her biggest moment in the Olympics, she crashes and burns, and it sends her into a a, a essentially death spiral of uh, from from fame to to infamy. Uh, she's a drug addict. She basically can't get herself straight, so she she just her life falls apart, and uh, she ends up 
doing what she what she knows best, which is being on a mountain. So she moves to Kathmandu and and becomes a guide, and she partners up with a with a with a, another guy that's got a business there, and essentially they become grave robbers. Um, but what they're really doing is uh, apparently so many people die on Everest every year. And so they go up when they're climbing and they find the bodies and they, they get identify, identifying characteristics, sometimes including fingers or hands and uh, IDs. And then they reach out to the uh, loved ones of the deceased and essentially say, hey, we found your so-and-so. They're dead. Do you want the body? And uh, as it turns out, lots of people want closure. So they're willing to pay these guys to go up and get the body and bring it back so that they can do a proper burial or whatever. Um but even 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 now, when she's living in anonymity, doing this, she's she's totally fucked up. She'll she 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 drinks and does any drugs she can get her hands on, and she sleeps around, you know, without any regard for herself or her health. And she's basically just a, a total train wreck, other than when she's climbing. Um, but her partner finds a a body up there, and uh, and inside the body is a or on the body is a journal, and it's a journal and. It, it's actually a story of a man who uh, was a government um, assassin. And it's a journal chronicling his life and then his story that led him up to Everest himself and why, he, why he's on Everest. And so the, the book does an awesome job of, of, of going back and forth between uh, Zan and, and her time on the mountain and then the person who sh- whose diary this is that we read about. And this let's just say that once, once people find, once a certain group of, of, uh, black ops government officials find out that this body is out there, there were things that this, this person left the organization with that, uh, they went back. And so, um, the flashbacks are brought into the current time because these people are pressuring Zan and her partner to help them climb Everest so they can get the body and find on the body what they think they're looking for. Meanwhile, Zan already has it. She's already found what they're looking for. Um, and it's this fascinating journey because Zan is essentially at her wit's end. She's, she's really not, she's not about redemption. She's essentially about just finding closure, which is getting to the top of Everest. She's, she's yet to do it. She's yet to reach the peak of Everest in spite of being a guy that Kathmandu. And she decides that she's just going ahead and do it. She's going to get rid of her medals up there. It's her one last true possession and, and find closure and, and, and arguably kill herself or whatever she plans on doing. Um, but, uh, but this whole espionage aspect, uh, really complicates things for her and the people around her and people she cares about. And, uh, and, uh, it's just this great, you know, we talked about Rucka earlier. This is, uh, probably not coincidentally. It has an, the intro of this hardcover is by Rucka. And you can tell that, uh, Sabella is a, is a, is a student of Rucka. It's, it's, it's in the same, it's in the same concentric circle of storytelling. Um, if, if you, if I handed you this book and said it was written by Rucka, I don't think you would have thought twice about it. You would have, you would have bought into that. Um, but it, again, it took a long time to read because not only is it a big book, it's uh it's a couple hundred pages, but it's also just dense. It's, there's a tremendous amount of, of dialogue and, uh, and, uh, uh, narrative word balloons or back matter balloons. Um, so it's, it's, this is not your typical comic where you can, you can just zip through it where your eyes are being drawn to a bunch of action. I mean, this is very much a character, a character story. Uh, this is getting in the head of Zan and all aspects of her life and, uh, and coming along with her on her, you know, what may or may not be her final, her final journey. 
Um, but it was incredibly well done. And um, I thought that the coolest part about it, um, outside of the, the mystery, is that clearly Sabella uh, is a passionate is passionate about climbing because this treats climbing with such a respect. And there's so many nuances to the idea of climbing a mountain that I just was completely unfamiliar with. Um, this is not the romanticized version of climbing. This is what I, I've come to learn since in reading up on it after finishing this book. This is the, what's, what, really, what climbing a big mountain is really like. Yeah. And it's freaking hard. And people die. People, people, more, many more people turn around before, and are unsuccessful than are successful. Um, and there's very much a communal aspect to this because you really can't do it without other people helping you along the way. So uh, really fascinating uh, exposure into what it's like to be a mountain climber, which is something that, uh, again, I think we've all kind of got some idea in our head what that's like through through different films or whatever that we've seen. But 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 nothing nothing that I've I've pictured in my mind before equated to this. Um, like the, the the idea, there's a romantic idea like about pe- things that people would want to do. I think a lot of people would say if you ask them, like, oh, I'd love to climb a mountain someday. I don't think once you read this that you would come away with that. Right. You'd have to be, it has to be a real passion because yeah. it's freaking hard, dude. It's not, it is not a, gl- a glamorous quest by any stretch. Uh, it's, it's a scared straight book. Right? But yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's another one that's just, I mean, we've, we've talked about a bunch of really good looking books tonight, but this, it, it's, I need to finish it. it. It's because it was, um, I was reading it digitally, uh, Via Comicsology and and Monkey Brain, but I um, I'm glad that the that the collection looks as good as it does and and was uh, I guess given the respect, but it it's I would I would definitely recommend it as well. It it's it is really well done, and yeah, like you said, it's I mean, and never mind that the climbing is enough to uh, put you off from ever trying it, but if if the people who take you on those climbs or have to deal with people like that, uh, that's real. There are very few people in this book that are likable or or that you know you'd want to spend time climbing a mountain with or or, or getting any sort of training from. It's just it's. It's not a happy book, but it is a uh, it. It's still a really solid one. Yeah, it really is. So, so the hard co- the hardcover was from Dark Horse. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark Horse has a partnership with Monkey Brain. Yeah, because they did publish so, Kinski, right? They did Kinski, and they did. Um, I'm trying to think of yeah, I think they did Bandet as well. But doesn't yeah. uh, doesn't IDW do uh, Dave? I'll say yes. I don't know. Okay, only because I, 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 when I was going through the listing, I believe it was it was IDW, unless it was Boom. But there are times where, also depending on day, time of day, I can confuse IDW, Boom, and Dynamite. And it's the the hardcover is like a complete story. It's all the it's all eight issues or so. It's everything. Well, again, I don't. I think the digital. I don't know how the digital comic was was put forth. So. I mean, it's it's way more than eight issues worth of a comic. It's uh, let's see, yeah. it's, it's a hundred and it's hold on, 10, 12, it's two hundred and twelve pages. So twelve, that'd be roughly eight issues, I guess. No more than that. It'd be nine nine issues. No more than that. 
anyway, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Ten issues, actually. Yeah. Right. But yeah, but but uh, no, no, cool. no. Twelve. Sorry, twelve. Twelve issues. There you go. Yeah. Got it right on the fourth try. Beautiful. <laughs> You're so good. <laughs> oh, I'm see. I see it. It's on Comicsology for nine nine cents an issue. Yeah. There you go. Or thirteen bucks on Amazon for the hardcover. Bargain at twice the price. Pay a dollar more and get a physical hardcover. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think I might do too. Yeah, sir. Nice. Good yes, job, sir. Jason. Yeah. Yeah, man. It took a while though to say, like for weeks I've been like, oh, I'm going to talk about High Crimes, but I just hadn't, I hadn't finished it. I'm, I'm glad like, you did because I gotta fucking finish it. Damn. The uh, according to my library on Comicsology, I didn't. Um, I don't have the uh, the last half, so I need to. I, I think instead of fixing that, I'll just. Get the hardcover. Word. I like it. I like it a lot. The, uh, yeah, I, I, actually there are, um, there are collections of Amelia Cole, aren't there? I wish I knew who published those because we could give, uh, Nick a shout out. Uh, yes, there are. Indeed. So bringing it back before we, uh, close out the uh, I finished Where Monsters Well number 5 came out mm. did you? not yet okay then I will say boo it's good though? it it ends as I would have liked it to end okay it is good it, it's it's consistent it, it's uh, it uh yeah, I mean, at at you kind of you still maybe kind of want to feel for Carl, but then you remember that it's Carl and he hmm. doesn't deserve it, and and everything that comes to him is what he deserves, and it just it, it's it's just reinforced in this issue, and but you do get you do get the backstory, you get it, you you get Clemmy's origin, her secret origin is in the fifth issue, and uh, mm-hmm. it's. It explains a lot, and it's it didn't feel like it was tacked on. It didn't feel like you know, oh, it's a fifth issue miniseries. It it it's still it was extremely well done, and there is a a double page spread that I would love to find out how much Russ is selling it for, even though it's pencils, but twelve bucks. Yeah, that's so. There uh, there are a couple pages that look really stunning, but it's um, yeah, you will you'll like it. I mean, well. It may feel bittersweet because it, it's the end of the series, but I, I, you will like it, no doubt. Nice. What else we got? Anything? Anything else? Anything to wrap up before we do any travels? I'm good. All right, let's, let's travel it up. All right. Uh, in your travels, um, there is. Let's see. You know what? I'll. Do I'll do the beauty by Misters Jeremy Hahn and Jason A. Hurley and colors by John Roush. This was uh, the third issue. Yes, and it is a uh, and Mario is in the third issue. I am. That's right. And the uh, really 
Yeah. There's well, aren't a, you fucking special? <laughs> <laughs> and Andy Parks is twice, and Jeremy Hahn is twice, and there are, uh, there are a lot down. of people in the back two pages of uh, of the beauty. But this, you, you kind of got the feeling from it with the second issue, but there's a much larger picture to all of this, and uh, and some politics are coming into play. And there are people who people who try to bury information, and there's the whole you know big pharma and and burying cures that will help people, and there's there's that aspect of it, the whole uh, the whole idea that you know we we have the cure for cancer and everything else. It's just that there's no money in it if if we give it away or, or cure people. So there's you get the feeling of that there's still the whole thing with the detectives and and uh and how the powers that be can twist their stories around the uh but then there's a really scary dude who is going to play a part in maybe cleaning things up for uh for the bad guys uh it's I, I like where it's going, and it's when it ends, I, I kind of get a little ticked because I I want more, and it's uh, I know when Jeremy was talking to us about it at, at New York Comic Con, you know his the the first arc is wrapping up, and originally it was pitched as a um, as as the 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 six or seven issues, and then they uh, they decided to keep it going, and then there's the, there'll be a um, I'm not going to call it a fill-in issue, but there is the issue where, you know, Jeremy's going to be able to take the time off from drawing it. But, you know, they, they have plans for it, and I you can see that. It, this isn't going to just be nice and tidy, and, uh, you know, we told the story we wanted to tell, and we're out. They're, they're going somewhere with it, and they're introducing characters that are freaky as hell, and uh, it's, it's, it's a crazy... Uh, out there-ish kind of book because it's there are definitely some some real world uh, ideas, but they're they're uh, they're wrapped in uh, some more outrageous or outlandish ideas. But it it's and I and, and it still looks like it's Jeremy's best work uh, uh, that he's put on the page and ever. So it's. It's still recommended. It's still one of my top picks. It's uh, it's it's my in your travels this week. I it's three issues. You should be reading the beauty. It's good. Who do you think that? Who do you think? All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> who do I think faceless is? Yes. What what is wrong with this man's face? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Other than the lack thereof. It's because the rest of his body is is okay. Um, oh yeah, you like that penis shot? Oh, dude, that was worth it right there. Yeah, talking balls. Um, the uh, yeah, image is like you know the the Franks and Beans publisher these days. The, Let me just say, Jeremy can draw a penis. <laughs> let's just let's just, just let's, let's just, just get it, it straight. Let's what about straight. how does it compare to Sean the Sean Murphy drawn penis in the <laughs> uh, Ghost Over Two? <laughs> That was a big hang low. That's something yeah, I it was. Up on too, yeah. 
He was a shower, not a grower. <laughs> oh, shit. Who's next? Uh, I guess I'll go, and then we'll let our guest finish this up. Um, All right. In your travels, I'm going to keep it in the Image family. Uh, the second volume of this uh, series just came out in trade paperback this week. Um, I've been reading it in issues, as has DAP, but uh, it's always good to time these kind of shout-outs when there's a trade for you all that uh, like to do things that way. So I'm talking about Copperhead. Uh, volume 2 just came out. Oh, uh, that was going to be on my list, too. Written by Mr. Faber, Jay Faber. Art by Mr. Scott Godlewski. Colors by Ron Riley. Letters by Tom Maurer. Um, we've talked about this book a bunch, so I don't need to get too into it. Um, it you should buy this book for no other reason than one of the main characters is named Boo. Um, <laughs> but uh, if that's not enough, you've got a kick-ass female protagonist who's a sheriff of a... It's basically a, a, a sci-fi Wild West setting, and uh, she's trying to maintain law in a lawless land. You've got a boss hog character, and uh, uh, you've got... Uh, some the, in in place of the Native Americans are uh, these blue skinned synthetic humans that were used as uh, soldiers in a great galactic war, but are now fully independent and uh, looked down upon by some, but uh, accepted by others. And she's uh, she's of mixed mind on that as well. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. It's it's uh, the the characters are all well done, and uh, uh, whether it be again, there's a the. the there's, her son is, is is impetuous, shall we say, and uh, gets into trouble like straight out of any kid from a 1980s movie like Goonies. They're always doing stuff. You're like, why would you yeah, do that? Yeah. And they have to be rescued. Uh, you've got Ishmael, who's the synthesoid with a good heart. You've got uh, you got Budricus, which is Boo, who's the deputy sheriff, who really should have been made sheriff, at least he thinks so. But he, he was does. passed over for her. Um so yeah, just a, it's a lot of fun. I, 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 Glidlewski is uh, a very, very talented cartoonist, uh, and um, I don't know, man. I'm t- I totally care about these characters. I'm, I'm sucked in. I, uh, I, I generally uh, feel for what happens to them, and uh, I, uh, I hope it has a happy ending. I really do. <laughs> just, uh, I'm not. I don't think I'm mentally and emotionally prepared for this not to end well. It's true. Um... Especially when you have the 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 um, the tenth issue ends on an interesting cliffhanger, and whether or not you know someone is going to be framed for it, uh, then, then you're going to be getting visits from the sheriff's uh, superiors, and and it's it looks like things are going to get messy, especially now that you know the, the deputy was abducted and and there was a rescue mission and and the posse that was assembled it was just and now there are going to be favors that that'll have to be cashed and it's it's going to be oh like i said it's, it's going to be messy um it's going to be a beautiful mess it, it's definitely something that i'm going to be there to read uh as as it comes out but it's I, i'm with you man i don't want to see anybody uh get the short shrift here but it's really do it, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happens and, and I don't want it to happen mother bitches mother bitches <laughs> great alright so for me uh, in your travels 
Oh, here we go. How about take a journey with me back to mm-hmm. the 80s, back to the eighties, gentlemen? Oh, I was hoping for this. I was so hoping for this. Oh, you're hope you're hoping. You don't even know what it is yet. I think I think we're doing an image trifecta for your travels. We're not. <gasps> oh, we're snap. not. You're you wrong. Shit that. I wrong. am wrong. So, uh, you know, we're, we're 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 children of the '80s. You know, we grew, we grew up in the '80s, and and you know, we were. I know Jason especially. We were we were uh, into those uh, '80s properties and toys and cartoons and stuff. You know, your GI Joes, your mask. Um. I don't know, Jason, if you were into uh, the Masters of the Universe or not, but I was—I was a fan of Masters of the Universe, and uh, I just recently picked up Dark Horse. Just released a gigantic. This thing is like uh, over twelve hundred pages, mm-hmm. massive hardcover, collecting all of the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe mini comics. That's that, right. That were uh, they were packed in uh, the toys throughout the eighties and the nineties. Um, but this thing is amazing. Um, I started reading it, uh, this week and just, I mean, it's, it's crazy who worked on these comics. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Mark Texiera drew a lot of them. Uh, Alfred Alcala, you know, um, Stan Sakai lettered like so many of them. Um, Tim, you know, uh, uh, and then there's later stuff in here by uh, Seeley and Robert Kirkman, stuff from, you know, from the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, Which makes yeah. sense because there's no larger uh, fan than Seeley. Yeah. Right. But it's, I mean, it's got all the, the, the Shira stuff. All the, I mean, it's got, it's, it's, I think it's fully comprehensive. It's crazy how, and these are just, I mean, they're just fun, ridiculous fantasy he-man comics and there's tons of interviews in here with uh texiera and stan sakai and see here steven grant um but yeah it's really good stuff don glute um bruce tim there's some, maximus there's some bruce tim bruce tim he-man you know a lot of people don't know bruce tim did he-man comics in the 80s um but yeah it's good stuff and it's interesting to see um uh, the 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 progression of the series because like when it starts out the very first one, He Man is very much just like a barbarian who leaves his other cavemen people and makes his way to Eternia where he meets uh, this woman who is the sorceress but is not the sorceress. You know what I mean? Like there's a there's a uh, a development in the in the property. Um, where they, you know, they change things and stuff like that. But, and there's lots of, um, and in the comics, there's footnotes too. So it'd be like, you read the comic and there'll be an asterisk to footnote where it'll say like, Tila's look here, especially the headpiece is based on an early concept art by Mark Taylor. You know, like there's all this extra material too. That's, you know, Seeley himself probably went through and added all the notes. Um, but yeah, it's great. And you can see the. You know, you want to read about uh, Grizzlore or Spikeor or Roboto? It's all in here. It's great stuff. So yeah, and it was it's 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 thir- it was thirty bucks. So you know, uh, you know, online you can get it for a lot cheaper than that. But I think it's well worth it for the size and the and the, and the quantity. Nice, good stuff. Speaking of getting stuff cheaply online, 
Once again, this episode is brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you can get all of your comics, collectibles, and assorted goodies sent to your door anytime you want, weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, bi-monthly, semi-annually, whatever you want, for the cheap, the super cheap. Talking about 40, 50, 60% off. Shipping is very reasonable, unless you're our boy Roland and trying to ship it to Australia, but that's another story. So, by all means, all you Americans, buy our comics from DCB Service. You save yourself a bundle, you help us out, and, you, uh, and you're and you doing business with a, uh, a very well-run small business. And uh, if that's not American, I don't know what else is. <laughs> Ten years for me this month with DCBS. Damn, I was a uh, mail order comics guy for a while, and then I switched over. Yeah, and uh, mail order was never as good, man. Like they would, it was like it was like a regular pull list at a regular shop. Like it was fine, but every month or two, I'd, I'd have something missing from my order, or they'd give me the wrong book, and I'd have to. Yeah. reach out to them and again they would make good on it but it was like just like a regular like it was I mean but it just was very much like a, when I had a pool list at a LCS you know you'd, you'd get your 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 books so you go to pick them up and then you realize that they forgot to pull one for you or they, they they threw in a book they thought you'd like that you didn't actually want but uh, DCBS man they never do that they just got it right right and tight yes and I think that is it for this week then thank you again Mario thanks for having me and uh, we will be back next week hopefully with Vince so all the all the the razor blades can be taken away from the wrists and put back down the uh, Mm -hmm. although yeah we'll we'll find out probably next Tuesday whether or not Vince will be here next week but uh, yeah he'll just drop it on us yeah just be like oh oh you guys didn't know it's gonna be like two weeks but uh, just you know Take it nice and easy. Come on by the uh, the Facebook page. Don't forget to vote for your 11 o'clockers. Fill out that form. Uh, iTunes reviews. You can find us on um, on on Stitcher. You can find us on uh, in the Google Play Store. You can find us, well, pretty much anywhere you uh, download stuff. So that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Noise. Bye.
Never turn on me 